Coxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Coxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you Hi, welcome back to another episode of Have a Yarn With Me. I am your host, Aaron Gox, and today we have a very special guest. Well, they're all special, but <laughs> this one's a very special guest. Uh, musician, singer, songwriter, is that right? Uh, Ruby Fields. Thanks for coming on, Ruby. Thanks so much for having me, Gox. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I usually ask guests, I forgot to ask you, is that, is that all right, the, the musician label? Musician, singer, songwriter? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, sweet. Nah, I was like... <laughs> I, I usually ask people, but I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and, <laughs> well, I mean, it's clear you do music. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's like a lot of, a lot of guests I have, they the under a few different banners, but um, those, those are your main. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of what my other banners would be. <laughs> well, that's it. enough, really. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, I guess I didn't say gu- guitar, like multi-instrumentalist, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm better at building them than playing them. <laughs> well, that's another, um, I didn't even know about that. We, maybe we can talk about that later, but that's another uh, string to your bow, no pun intended, <laughs> because guitars have strings. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so on this uh, podcast, we, we like to get the guest in and uh, sounds a bit cheesy, but go like follow the journey, the life journey. So if you, if you can... Uh, Take us right back to the start. Like, where, where's, where's your, your, where do you find your early days, your roots? Yeah. So, I grew up in Gymea Bay, which is a suburb in the Sutherland Shire. Um, Shire gal. Yeah, <laughs> better, known, better known for the riots. Um, I'd swear <laughs> or, or, I was like, Well, I was going to say either that or, or ScoMo's visit to uh, <laughs> yeah. McDonald's, yeah. Um, actually, that's a way better one. Um, yeah. I think someone put a plaque there um, <laughs> about that. But, yeah, just grew up there. Um, nothing too crazy couple pets two sisters um yeah not not a crazy upbringing no one in my family really did music my older sister played a bit of piano here and there but um my mum and dad were always just playing like Fleetwood Mac Queen ACDC and um I was always just hitting things around the house putting sunscreen around the house (laughs) um just a bit of chaos really but not 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 anything too noteworthy I don't know yeah well um I often ask guests this, it's probably getting to the point of repetition now, but um, it's something that interests me about the place you grew up, and I, I think I'm quite similar to you, but Brisbane, um, southern southern suburbs, but that's as shy as like an outer suburbs, right? But um, do you feel like that kind of, um, like it shaped you as a person, like where, where your upbringing was? Or? Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember I always just wanted to suss out all the local art hubs and stuff from where I grew up. Mm. And um, when I think I was about 12 or 13, I found this place called Space 44. And I I, I don't really think I ever like snuck out. I just don't think my mum knew the depth of what the place was like. Yeah. um, Have you ever been? Did you ever go? No, I haven't. But um, my upbringing was a similar sort of age, 13. I started to go to gigs. So... It was that thing of like, and not everyone was doing it, so yeah. it was like, I'm not sure if that was the same for you, where you felt like it was a bit of an earlier age where you're starting to get into. I know it's going to throw around some cringy words here, but like alternative yeah. or indie for is sure. another cringy. Yeah. Some of these words is like I can't help but think they're cringy, but you know they were thrown around a lot. But um, yeah, and because um, I the same thing. I don't know if you're the same as me, where it's like. 
And I like that now for my comedy humour, but it's the mundaneness of suburbia and, yeah, yeah like you're sort of rows and rows of streets and shopping centres. Yeah, and I think um, I, I – yeah, so I remember going down to Cronulla one night and um, walking past this art gallery that had records spinning out the back, people smoking durries, drinking VBs and everything else, and I must have looked a bit older than I was because I got in and um, just walked in, 10-buck entry, whatever. I looked at some art inside. I think Irvine was probably always had a few of his artworks up and stuff and met Gerg, uh, Gerges, my now manager. And I stayed around that place for years, just repainting the walls and like going to their galleries every Friday or every few Friday nights. And um, I think that entirely shaped me. And I think in, like you were saying, like the mundaneness of suburbia, yeah. sometimes it's finding those little things. And Space 44 was something we all look forward to. Like all of my friends even now, all the boys in my band, we all went to Space 44. Yeah, that's cool. So and you sort of come through together. Yeah. And it's just, there was art, music, everything, skating, yeah. surf, surfing. It was just all of this, like everyone, even friends up here now that are like Jacob Boylan from Miniskirt, yeah. everything. We all came from Space 44 pretty much. Yeah. And it was just such a community of all of that, that in, you know, I mean, Cronulla is just like a little surfy coastal touristy town almost yeah. and then just having this like little like like you know cringy words like grungy yeah, sort of no, little, totally. little art hub and I honestly just think it gave space for so many kids to outlet their creativity which mm. was awesome sorry and, uh, that's, that's my dog he thinks <laughs> no, that's all right. outside <laughs> the more the merrier um sorry one second it's probably the bin guy oh no that's all right it actually is the bins one right, we'll pause it sorry no you're all right Oh, sorry, we just had the dog, uh, but he, everything's safe now. Um, he's, he just he, hates the bin man. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's great, you know. You'd rather have a, a dog that's alert, but uh, we we want him to take away the smelly rubbish, mate. You know? Yeah, we want him to take it away. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to scare off. The only ones you want to scare off is, is the um, the male people who bring the bills. Oh, yeah, 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 those ones. <laughs> yeah, but not the ones with the packages. They, they already try to avoid you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this isn't the... Uh, Male people complaint show, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what we talk, oh, yeah, so um, yeah, it sounds like a real like sort of community, um, had there, and I guess, um, for you, did that feel like you? I, I often talk about this with people about like finding your group, right? Like, mm. so whether it be sports or say music, you know, and you have sort of subgroups like punks goths whatever emos <laughs> yeah do you did you did it feel like that like you find these are my people I mean, you probably didn't feel like it at the, you didn't think like that at the time yeah, but i think at the time i was so much younger than everybody else that i always still i think i felt always a little bit on the outside and i oh my goodness <laughs> um but i think That's i always right. <laughs> just um yeah. felt that I was like, one day I'll get there. You yeah, know? yeah. Like one day, one day I'll be like one of these yeah. guys, sort of thing. And I think um, the funny thing is that feeling doesn't ever really leave you. <laughs> like I'm only 25. I'm still really yeah. young, but I've I still feel like that now. And I look at all the people. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get there one day. And I'm like, well, oh maybe that feeling never yeah. really goes away. I think sometimes I don't know how you felt about it, but like some people can make a bigger deal of the age thing where you're just like, I just want to do it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you little grommet. You're in yeah. like, all. I remember, like, it's not the same thing. I was just a punter, but going to concerts and things at 13 and these like older punks were like stoked. They're like, I guess it's like handing on the baton to the new generation because the older rockers always worry that it's like it's going to end or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so pretty much like growing up, school, everything just in the same area or, um, yeah, I, um, I went to school, um, yeah, all within the Sutherland Shire. I was actually, I actually went to Catholic school until I was in year 10 and then I went to a public school in year 11 and 12 in Kiriwee and they had a really good music program. I could do all the electives that I wanted to do and, um, it was awesome. It was like the change from how, you know, how strictly you had to um, hold yourself and present yourself to just going to a public school and all of a sudden there's people with purple hair and beards and long <laughs> hair and wearing docks to school or whatever they wanted to yeah. do. And like, and just that, I guess, that physical freedom, but also, you know, like some of the teachers, you know, if it was done respectfully, you could call them by their first names. It was a very, like, comfortable atmosphere yeah. to be in. I almost felt immediately kind of relaxed and I think that that had a big impact on me too. But, I mean, as soon as I finished high school or, like, before finishing in year 11, I was, you know, coming out of private school. I was trying so hard to impress my teachers and everything. And then in year 12, I started playing gigs as stay-at-home mum, which ended yeah. up being Ruby Fields. And um, I wasn't coming to school. I was hungover. I was playing shows mm-hmm. and doing whatever. And, um, yeah, I think, um, I think I definitely disappointed a couple of teachers at the time, but hopefully that's kind of turned around a little bit now. I, th- I was just going to say with that uh – Performer name, <laughs> like I, f- I think you got in. You're a trailblazer because there's uh, a lot of now. There's like teenage dads and all these teenage somethings or yeah. <laughs> teen somethings. And <laughs> stay at home mom was a yeah, it was a good phase. But uh, yeah, well that's interesting because um, I mean I'm not gonna say you wouldn't have been who you are no matter what. But it, do you do you think like like having that Catholic experience, Catholic school experience first? Did that give you something to kind of rebel against or, yeah? Yeah, I hate to be a cliche, but definitely. <laughs> I think, you know... Well, cliches are cliches for a reason. I believe yeah. that, you know. But it's like... Because, um, you know, I've, t- I've spoken to a few people who have... Or even I was complaining about like, oh, I won't say the names. Like, oh, this performer's too plain or too bland or whatever. And the person said, like, oh, if, if we're alternative, again, a cringy word, but like, we need the straight sort of mainstream acts to, to rebel against something yeah. and if you don't have that taste of like yeah well actually i remember another guest um telling me um it wasn't so much a taste of like they they got a taste of something like a job in a bank i think it was where they're mm-hmm. like oh now i know what i definitely don't want to do yeah. and that helped them to pursue doing art and stuff so. yeah yeah. I like what you said about the alternative thing. I was um, reading something the other day that said um, a person's not annoying or cringy um, or irritating. It's something within you has been annoyed, something within you has been irritated yeah. or been cringed out. And, you know, that what's the saying? It's like um, you could have the peachiest peach in the whole world, but some people don't like peaches or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. you that, – that, like no, no one set thing is annoying or irritating yeah. or cringy. It's like only people are like finding that within themselves yeah. in their reaction to something. And I like – you know, even when yeah. you were saying before, you were like, oh, I hate the cringy word of this. I was like, I don't even find it cringy. It's just like <laughs> – Yeah, that's, that's true because um, I don't know if it's, it's the exact same thing, but say – you know how people love to do like their Nickelback jokes and stuff, yeah. and it's like I don't love them, but it's that thing of like, like of course it's going to be like bland and sort of stadium. Fifty million rock albums or, is fifty yeah. million albums. Yeah, I'm well sorry. that's what I mean. Well, there's, but there's going to be without that straight sort of whatever like Triple M rock or nothing against Triple M. You know, <laughs> the, they can't exist the 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 stuff that's a bit weird or a bit more odd, right? And, For sure. And and so I've learned to not hate anything except Jet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry to any jet people out there, but <laughs> that's another. <laughs> nah, um, 
anyway, that's just... No, because my thing is just like, I realise, instead of hating stuff, I've realised not everything is geared towards me, right? Mm. And that's the best way to look at... And I'm quite picky with my comedy, music, whatever. I only like a few certain things, you know? But... Which is, I think, is the way it should be. You know, people are like, "Oh, what do you like? Oh, anything that's got a bit of a beat." They're like, "Come on, man." <laughs> yeah, um, I was on the Catholic school thing from before. I was going to say, I think, um, like, you know, when we when I said being a cliche or whatever. Um, yeah, I think when I when you when you believe in a religion or anything, if you do, and you know, you bring your kids up in that, I think that mm. they have a right to, um, you know, learn and educate themselves and just like decide for themselves what they would like to believe and i think um yeah i did my research did some self-education and everyone is so entitled to their own belief system and whatever else but i just kind of found that catholicism and christianity wasn't really for me and i read the bible had to do it like you know you read read it three times a year or whatever and you know you go through all the scriptures and everything and i i obviously believe in being a good person and everything but um, yeah, there was just parts of it that I didn't agree with and, you know, me and my mum had a little bit of a riff for a while and um, <laughs> I think she was raised by, you know, like a like a, like a a political refugee, mm. you know, that moved to Australia and they were very staunch Catholics. So, I think she really had no choice growing up but to yeah. believe in it so wholeheartedly and, um, yeah, we just had a really beautiful conversation down by the beach one day where we were meant to go to church and I just said, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite and I don't really want to go in. And I think it was 11 or 12 and she was like, all right. So we went down to the beach and I just told her what I thought about it and I said, you are totally entitled to do what you want mm. to do with your beliefs, but I just don't feel right going anymore. And it took a little while to adjust yeah, to that. But that's, that's a big step. Yeah. yeah, and we saw totally eye to eye. Now my mum's a loose cannon. We, <laughs> <laughs> we are, like, I have the best relationship ever with my parents. But yeah, it was, it's, I think religion can be like a really yeah. hard one to Well, especially through. that age, we, you know, our parents and, and older generations want the best for us but we think we know what's best too mm. <laughs> us us younger folk sorry if i i'm probably a bit older than you i lump myself <laughs> in with your you know the cool gen <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's awesome like you said so starting to um and how about like just your upbringing in general like you know pre- pretty fun did you have any sort of like little jobs or um um i was one of those weirdo kids that used to like um, I used to like pretending that I was like a shop owner or something. If we were <laughs> going to have a movie night, I'd print off fake movie tickets. That's then awesome, make, like, popcorn. Yeah. I was like, I was always trying to be really creative in that way <laughs> with my family, put on talent shows, do all that sort of stuff. I was, I was talking with someone recently about this. Was the I call them like the earnest years before you like are self-aware. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, now I'm too cool to do that. Cause yeah. Because I was big into um, Scar <laughs> and um, you know you the band Area, S- now, Area 7? Yeah. They they came to a, a record store, to an in-store, and I made one of those cardboard... You know at primary school when you yeah. present something mm. on, a, on a big card? And I made that for them with all pictures and stuff. And the, It's that thing of like when you're not self... Like when I'm older, I never would do anything like that. But you just got no shame when yeah, you're that young. And you just adore things without so, any kind of... Yeah, you know. so I love what you said about that doing... Um, yeah, making movie nights. <laughs> yeah, I just did that all the time. And, you know, like I still do... I, I'm not going to call it lame, but I still do stuff like that now where I'm like I want to make... Um, a, a, even the ordinary things ceremonious sometimes. So I try and do stuff yeah. like that. But I think as far as jobs go, I always help dad around the house a little bit. Mm. Um, I No fast food? 
or like oh no, we were, a, we were a Macca's family. Oh kind yeah. of, but we never really tapped Dirty Bird or HJs or anything. Um, no, sorry, I meant as you know, like a job when you're 15. Oh, or I like, thought you were talking. Sorry, about sorry, <laughs> I didn't explain. It. I was just thinking about um, you know, no, go, going f- just moving through life. That's the, and I was just like, you know, when you're a teenager and do um, you get yeah. your first job, like yeah. I was a chemist. I was oh, a okay. chemist. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was just like the only. Was it limited duties? They're not like, can you mix up some nah, paracetamol for us? No, nah, <laughs> thankfully, didn't have to do anything confusing like that. But I was just a checkout chick at a chemist oh, in, cool. in Bondi. Well, oh, yeah. Well, because my um, my mum worked in, in pharmacies, chemists, and doctor surgery, but purely as a either a reception. Like, she wasn't allowed to handle any... Yeah. Um, that sounds bad. Wasn't allowed. It sounds like she's been banned. Or, no, <laughs> she just wasn't qualified or anything. So, it was very much... Um, Anything except prescriptions or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Bondo, that's interesting. Yeah, so serving tourists and... <laughs> it was mostly um, mostly the elderly. Like they, <laughs> you know, they'd all come in and scream at you for their medication being 10 cents more than the week before and it's mm. just like, I don't write the rules. <laughs> was that a... So we, uh, was that a bit of a hike for you coming up from? Yeah, yeah. I um I actually used to catch the train there, and my God bless my mum would drive in so that I could get my hours up on my L's, and I'd drive home. Oh, cool. But yeah. um, yeah, it was. I you know also she didn't want me getting the train back that late from Bondi to Cronulla. Yeah. Um, but it was a super interesting job. I don't think I held it down for very long, but I um by that point I was still already playing shows and stuff, and yeah, it was um. Yeah, it was definitely a fun little job. I think I did a bit of retail, mostly hospitality though, cafes and pubs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, awesome. And all that sort of stuff. So, um, just moving across to the the talk of the shows, what um, you don't have to say an exact age, but what what sort of age was your first starting a gig? It was like, I think I was thirteen. Wow, I was, that's I was young. Yeah, busking from when I was younger, and then um, this band saw me um, busking in Cronulla. I think I was playing like Sweet Home Alabama or something and this rock band called The Goyles. They <laughs> play a lot down um, in Wollongong and like Kaima and stuff and they were like, do you want to come down to Thrall and um, open for us and play like an hour of acoustic songs or whatever. Wow, that's And so cute. I was 13, my mum drove me down and I played at this pub and I think a bunch of blokes in the corner told me to shut up because the footy was on <laughs> and I was just playing covers for about an hour and then I started doing that recurringly with that same yeah. rock band. They were a co- like rock cover band as well. So they were just doing Akadaka covers and whatever else. It was mad and um, yeah. Well, you know how before I said um, like like age isn't a big deal to you or like, but that's still pretty, like were you like... Yeah. Was there a little bit of the something where like, look oh. what I'm doing, like look at me go, like yeah, so so exciting, <laughs> like, and yeah, um, yeah. you know just a little kid trying to get their L's up, driving down to the Wollongong every weekend, yeah, and yeah. then went from that into compared to and thinking most kids are just playing PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I was still doing a lot of that. I was yeah, like, yeah. I think we had a PlayStation One till I was like really yeah. old. When no shame on that either. Like Crash Bandicoot play like when, PS One was was it. Whenever I hear of like young people achieving stuff, and I'm just like. I was just mucking around being an idiot at like shitty suburban parties and <laughs> I was yeah, trust me, still doing all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um then it just started to turn into Yeah, well I guess it yeah. like a proper I think like Brass Monkey and Cronulla when I was about fifteen or sixteen. I mm. started playing it was mostly covers and then one or two originals and I slowly started writing yeah. more and more songs that were just about growing up in Cronulla and a bit cheeky but not rude. But So just was, like, but was it a pretty quick move from like just starting, I imagine like you're playing at home, right? And is it the garage or yeah? Rehearsal? Just I used to just sing songs to my mom or my dad. Yeah, like, so it was pretty quick 
transition to performing to the public or? Uh, well, my middle uh, my middle sister Chelsea she always had a good, like an acoustic guitar in her room like a nylon and I was never allowed to touch it never allowed to play it so I used to sneak into her room and try and play it when she wasn't home mm. and then eventually because she'd always say to me as older siblings do she was just like you are not allowed to play guitar until I learn to play guitar and she never learned to play guitar still to this day and I eventually asked mum for a guitar for Christmas one time and I think I was about 10 or 11 and I just started teaching myself on YouTube and I was always I always sang I was always a little singer I think the first you know, public gig was at my mum's 40th on a karaoke machine to hmm. the entire party and I sang My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The thing about karaoke, I know definitely for <laughs> me, like singing along, I love to sing along with like my favourite songs, but I trick myself into thinking I'm a good singer because mm. I'm like, I'm 60%, 70% hearing them or <laughs> or thinking I'm as good as them. But then I'm like, I, I think I've heard my voice in isolation. It's no good, but... <laughs> I reckon you got a great voice. Have <laughs> oh, you been? To, have you been to Crappyoki at Middle Pub in Mullumbimby? No, that sounds great. It's um, it's kind of with the intention that it will obviously be shit, but um, you just pretty much <laughs> it is just karaoke. But the things that I've heard go down at that pub with all the locals, it's like the best thing to ever. That do. sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> I'm just getting so. Oh yeah, so like talking about um, you know, like the quick transition. So. You know, I'm a comedian. Often I'll either compare comedy if I've got a speaking with a musician. So there's sometimes there's similarities or differences. I mean, not all co- not all comedians are the same. But I was going to say most of us will that when we say something to the public, that's the first time we've said it. Like mm. I'm, I'm sure there's some people who do it in their room or the mirror or talking about comedy here, yeah. <laughs> or the garage or whatever. But personally, I don't. I'm just like the first. So yeah, it's interesting for me to ask. Someone like you about how quickly you went from um, performing at home to, to performing in, the pu- in front yeah. of the public. Because it's a big jump, isn't it? It's a huge right, jump. Right. And in, it's crazy how I think adjusted you can kind of get to it. And I feel like um, I don't oh, – it's, it's a hard one because when it comes to comedy and music, a lot of people might be like, oh, you know, it's still standing in front of people performing something that you mm. might have prepared, whatever. And a lot of it can be on the spot mm. and whatever else. But – I think comedy to me is so much harder because when I try to go on stage and say something, I just trip, like I might trip up on my words. If I played a few songs and I can, you know, slip a joke in there or make, you know, have some crowd work, I always try to do a little bit of crowd back and forth and whatever. But I just can't imagine having to stand up there and keep that energy going. I imagine that that's like really stressful. Well, it's interesting you say that because some of my favorite musicians are quite humorous people, then they're good with the banner. But it's, I, I think deep down they know that's an extra thing. It's like a bonus you're getting. Mm. Whereas for us, it's like there's a lot riding on. Like, I have to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a lot of pressure. But um, yeah, so to, um, just just back to the timeline. So um, obviously performing at home, then you go to public. And, and what about recording? Like how – when was your first recording? Like was it – were you quite a lot of live performed before you – Start to record anything or? I think besides videos, mum would have gotten of me playing at the RSLs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I did try to put some stuff on YouTube of just me on photo booth, you know, on my lappy in my room. But the first proper recording that I released was um, when I was 18. And that was, I think, when I put I Want on Unearthed. Yeah. And that was when it, um, yeah. But that's a good apprenticeship. Like some people rush it. Um, 
one of the things of, for me as always being a music, music fan, but doing comedy, but I'd always love that as a band or musician, singer, whatever, that the process was like when they have an EP or an album or what it's like something, what do you call that? Um, like tangible that they've got yeah. in the, and I always thought that was cool when a band's like, you know, seven inch release or single, whatever. And so mm. that moment when you record the thing, and I guess as commands where you have seven inch release, <laughs> is a great band name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I guess for like, I've been fortunate enough to be in a few movies now, which is awesome. And that's, for me, was the thrill of the, like, the screening of that. Because mm. for me, that's the equivalent of a band having an album. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, so, do you, um, yeah, that's what I meant sort of by recording. Like, Sorry, not just like a video or something, but EP or something tangible. Like, I guess... I was going to say, you're not that old. That, oh, like you had physical releases, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that um, would have been cool. It is it is crazy, I think, the first time you do get to listen back to something that's professionally done. I think that's a really unique feeling. Yeah. And and quite different the process of like – well, not all bands do it right. Some play live together, but there's that process of – the instruments done separately. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we've always. I'm pretty sure we've always done live albums. Like, yeah, oh, cool. sometimes um, worst case if I can't really focus on doing guitar and singing at the same time, like perfectly both things. Sometimes mm. I'll always sing live, but I might go back and redo my vocals or something. And you know, obviously, I remember up. it like ruined the magic a little bit for me finding out. Like, oh, bands don't all together? Like, yeah. When you first find out that they do their parts separate. One thing that always is funny to me is when you listen to, like, screamo bands and everything and you go, this sounds so tough, but this guy was just in a little recording vocal booth just <laughs> screaming on his own with little yeah. headphones on. I love the thought of that. And it, and the individual tracks can sound quite different on their own. I think I heard, um, like, Kurt Cobain doing, like, the Smells Like Teen Spirit parts and... I mean, you know, it's it's still the same song, but it's, it sounds quite different on their own, you know. Mm. And and like you said, then sometimes there's production trickery, multi-layered instruments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, so you you were talking to me um, before before we start recording about sort of um, um, like having session musicians and like that must have been an interesting experience for you, like sort of. Yeah, I think. As like a kid that always wanted to be a band and everything, um, going into being a solo artist was a bit weird. And then you get, um, yeah, like session musicians, you get people to come in and play. Um, um, obviously, you know, you know what that means. Yeah. Um, you get people to come in and play drums and guitar and bass and whatever else you need. And um, I'd like to think that I've always tried to make everyone feel like they're a massively important part yeah. of that process and that team. And especially... The boys that play with me now, Adam, Pat and Taz, they're like best friends I grew up with from yeah. Cronulla and they're... Was there ever a, uh, like, was there ever a time when you tried to make it more like a band or... Because I actually think it's a good point of... Di- cool point of difference in the in the scene that you're like a solo act but with a, with a band or like... Yeah, I But you could have gone that Bon Jovi route of just yeah. the band's known by your surname or whatever. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, think, um, I think for me it's um, like I've... I've always – it almost goes into the way that I've written songs and I've always written poems. I've always loved poetry and Aussie bush poetry and, um, again, like just humour and I think that's where yeah. my, like my songwriting started, especially for Ruby Fields and everything. And, um, yeah, I just always wrote songs, wrote them from start to finish and then just got people to come in and play 
drums and bass on and guitar on them and that's just sort of the way that we've operated but it is I would definitely say like I'd, I'd hope even that people that have watched this before wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah. this is a solo artist, solo artist. It's a band. Yeah. You know, like those boys. I think half, they, the, half the people come to watch them more than they yeah. come to watch me. I think. Well, like, um, I'm sure you give them the big chunk. Of, like, I'm, I'm purely guessing here. So tell me if I'm completely wrong. This is a pure guess. But you give them the, the big chunk of the song, right? But then I'm sure they – I might put a fill here or a drum – yeah, yeah. Um, I again. Like, do you mind if I put a six solo here? Or oh, <laughs> like that's pretty much what we do. I'll yeah, just write. Yeah. I'll write an entire song and then I'll. Give so it was a good guess. No. <laughs> yeah, pretty good guess. But yeah, I just no. I give them. I give, like I play the entire song for them and either I write the rest of it with a producer or I take it to the boys and go, all right, I'm thinking this kind of vibe for the song. Let's do this kind yeah. of style and then the, like we'll just put something together and make an arrangement. Yeah, but cool. I was going to say before. Is like intrusive thoughts winning out, but you know that scene. I don't know if you've seen Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. I don't think so. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, like, there's a scene. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> there's a scene where they roll up to this premiere or something, and each character, you know, like Velma and Daphne and Fred and um, Shaggy and Scooby, they all have like their own fan clubs. Yeah, and that's kind of like what it feels like at our shows. Like there's just different like designated people that uh, you can tell are like there for Adam or there for Taz or there for Pat. Oh, okay, cool. But it's um yeah, I think that's also the cool <laughs> part of being a band. People find, you know, the people they attach themselves to. It's not always like the singer. It's not yeah, always yeah. something. It's like some people go because they're like they see themselves in different parts of the band. Yeah, no, I've always found that stuff interesting. Like being a big music fan from a young age and I, like I said with the uh, tracking the different parts in the studio another thing is like I'd often read the booklet with the album in it you know it lists lyrics and then it says who wrote what and sometimes it was like one dude who's like wrote everything and I always wondered if he's like physically showing the drummer what he wants mm. or obviously if they've what do you call it um, I'm, I'm no good with words <laughs> I was going to say if they know how to play drums, they're like yeah. trained or what they can say, I don't know. I was going to say like D, B, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. drums know, don't have notes, like but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, car. You know, if it's yeah. like, hey man, this is what I want. Boom, ch, boom, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, or. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm that. Um, advanced, do you, do you just say a riff like this is what I want to tell the guitar so I'm like, eh, 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 yeah, like it's the same with drums but Paddy actually has been teaching me how to play drums <laughs> that's awesome we haven't had a lesson in a really long time but he or everyone kind of I, I want to give everyone as much creative freedom as they want and yes, yeah. um, as I've always said to the boys I want this to be a stepping stone for them to go wherever they want in their careers or yeah you might, you might have a, a Dave Grohl type in the van that's gonna oh, <laughs> I could only ever hope so <laughs> no that, that's um, yeah I, I, those you know for me doing stand-up solo a bit lonely sometimes yeah poor sure. me but like I do think of the band dynamics of like how it, how it works and stuff like there must be times where it's fun and some other times where it's like you gotta you got to uh, smooth out some creases sometimes. Yeah, you gotta rip each other's hair out <laughs> sometimes because it's literally like, um, like I was saying to you before we started, um, it's like having your family and I know you shouldn't treat family like this but it's almost like because you know they're never going to go away or you don't think they'll go away that you know you can say those things and get away with it and apologise later. Yeah. And sometimes it can be like that in a band because it's like a relationship. You eat together, you work yeah. together, you sleep together, you're in close quarters all the time, you're driving, travelling, everything. And I think, yeah, sometimes you can get on each other's nerves and sometimes like it can you can hit a wall and I just think it's so it, – in, in the same way in all your relationships, it's sometimes just more important to swallow your pride and care about a person than it is to be right. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I just thought we'd touch on, you mentioned before, um, was it the in- instrument making? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because um, I didn't know that about you. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, when I was about, I think, 15 or so, I um, wanted to get a an acoustic guitar of mine serviced. And a friend of mine was like, oh, my dad does that if you want to take it to him and uh, like, just give him a six-pack and he'll he'll do it for you for free, which he hadn't discussed with his dad. <laughs> and um, I got there. This guy's name's Freddie Spence. And um, he seemed pretty off it that he was doing this free uh, service <laughs> for one of his son's friends. But um, I pretty much gave him the six-pack and sat in and just said, do you mind if I watch? And he's like, what do you want to watch for? And I was like, because it interests me. I've been building things with my dad my <laughs> whole life and I really like music and I like to use my hands and I like physics and everything else. And he was yeah. like, well, making a guitar is pretty much 95% physics. And I sat there and he's like, all right, if you want to learn, you've got to pay attention and none of his sons wanted to take it up. So over the last 10 years, I've pretty much just been sitting in his shed taking notes and building guitars with him. Wow. So it's been and, like... And like, I don't know much about, forgive my ignorance, but like from what stage is, is this like sort of shaping the timber and... Yeah. Like, yeah, um, wow. You, most of the time you get a template, but... Um, Sometimes you can just get a block of wood and then yeah. you'll have the um, – like you'll map out the template on it and route it out and everything. But um, most no, Can I just make a, a, a funny comparison? So yeah. like I've said to people, I make pizza and I'm like pretty proud. And then they're like <laughs> – when they find out I'm like buying a base, buying the sauce. They're like, you don't make that. But it's like – It's, still it's almost – it's putting together the right things. That's why I wanted still to – still making. That's why I wanted to be like – so, are you, like, from scratch, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, that's a great point. Like, I, you know, I'm not making, Pizza, the, pi- I'm not making the pickups, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I put... Um, well, like, so like we, yeah, but that's still... That's what I'm just saying. Like, some things are just past the point of, like, you need that yeah. equipment. Like, well, they've You're got not making factory. mozzarella from yeah. scratch. Yeah, well, I wouldn't even know how to make dough, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have... Yeah, yeah. So, but... um. Yeah, so like, but yeah, that's still a big part of it. If you, if that's yeah. how much you're doing, that's awesome. Yeah, is uh, you don't have to name names, but has uh, you made any anything for anyone that's using it on the on the scene or anything? <laughs> um, I I personally haven't, but I know Freddie works on a ton of people's guitars. Like I um, like well, we both worked on all of Skeg stuff, Junie stuff, and oh, awesome, things yeah. like that, which is cool to be able to do it for your friends as well. Like I remember working on Toby's bass. Um, before he played Splendor, it was the one that he chucked about 50 yeah. feet in the air. Um, no. but I <laughs> You're like, calm down now. Yeah. <laughs> Bit gentle. Um, but well, see, we're all, we've all got our hand in Skegsing. I was in a music video. <laughs> did you, you did the, the tour with them too, right? Yeah. Was it, was well, it I mini, think that's where I first met you as well. Yeah. yeah so. Was it Miniskirt and Toddy? On yeah, that yeah. Video? That was yeah. a great tour. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. I, remember, I think I came to the Enmore show. Oh, yeah. And the Brisbane one. I feel like I was I, like I remember Enmore because someone chucked a can at me, but in... In the ensuing years, I've, I've reflected where it's like that's a small, like you know, it's one idiot, but unfortunately, yeah. like ruins how you feel. You know, it's one crazy yeah. how um, you know you can have a thousand adoring people in the crowd and one dickhead, you and like one dickhead that ruins, ruins it. it. Yeah, and yeah. That actually happened to me not this New Year's, but the one before. I played a show at a festival, and um, it was an amazing festival. Everyone there was super friendly, super great. The crowd was great, and then all of a sudden, mid song, someone chucked a full like a full unopened like can like pegged it straight at my head when i was playing and i just saw it last minute jumped out of the way and it hit me in the chest and i was midway through a song and it just kind of hit me because i was so many things running through my head going like oh maybe they were trying to throw me a beer but why would they do that mid song yeah why would they peg it at me why would they do this the way our brains are i'm not saying everyone but a lot of us 
the person could just be a random drunk dickhead. There's no thought involved. But our brains are like, do they hate me? Do they yeah, want me off? that was my like, first thing. I was like, does someone hate me so much that they would try and peg something at me? Yeah, and yeah. It honestly, like, the boys, it almost broke their heart. Like, Adam... You know, like Adam's really good at smoothing things over, and Adam didn't didn't actually see it hit me. He thought yeah. it just like because then it landed on my pedal board and like burst open on my pedal board. Oh. And so Adam only saw that, and he just goes, "If you're gonna throw something, throw drugs." And like yeah. everyone, everyone laughed, and it kind of like cooled yeah, the situation well, some, down. Yeah. But I was so upset that afterwards, like. I walked off stage and called my mum crying and told yeah, her. And she was sucks. like, maybe they were just trying to give you a gift. I was like, not in the shape of pegging a heavy object at my yeah. head. You know what I mean? And it just ruined it ruined my night. But it was crazy because everyone else there was so lovely and sweet yeah. and having a good time. And some places, they feel embarrassed for their, their local dickhead because they're like, oh, we're so sorry about, yeah. you know, when you talk to them after. And I'm like, well... No, I'm joking. I was going to say, I, I don't forgive you. I, I No, because like, I don't paint the whole town because of dickhead, you know. Yeah. Like every place has got him. But Everyone's got him. But honestly, like, I thought um, you were great. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. No, it was lovely because it was like being a big music fan and, and um, you know, those good... Like, they asked me to be in the music video, which is awesome. That's and got the, on my skateboard. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And everyone was lovely, you know. I was like... Um, really got along well with the mini skirt guys. They're great, and <laughs> oh, the mini skirt boys are unreal. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not even really a person who does this, but ever since I've been like trying to tell, people, like you know, I mean, they're not, un- they're not a secret. Like they're doing pretty well, but I feel like they should be known more. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, at least in Australia, I know they go over to Europe and do well, and <laughs> it's like a looks like so much fun as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, that's awesome. Um. And now, you know, there's smooth segues here. So, talking about the, um, you know, like having a bit of a rough experience, um, uh, you, I remember you told me once um, you, you tried, you, you did a bit of like radio and, and copped a bit of grief. Um, do you, did you want to talk about that? Yeah. Or any, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, I think it was Ben and Liam on Triple J were going to, um, you know, WA's capital city, Bali, for a cut, like I think it was a week <laughs> or so. And, um, they asked um, they asked the listeners, like, oh, who, who should fill in for us? Like, who's a musician to fill in for us? And I think I'd done a couple of those dumb, like, not dumb, but a couple of those ones where you walk around in a festival and you talk to people yeah, about their yeah. outfits and whatever. And um, apparently some people found it funny or something. But, <laughs> um, yeah, a few people said that I should do it. So they called me and asked me and I said I'd do it. I'm obviously not trained at all to be a radio host and you know you got people that are actually trained to sit there and be like oh you've just heard this song <laughs> by so and so and you coming up next we've got this 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 coming up and then for your ears we've got this and then there's an interview later and then this is this happened and if you have a story like that call in on oh four fucking whatever the yeah, number yeah, was yeah, and yeah. i just I'd, I'd sit there and just be like and that was uh, that was that was uh, six pack by June Rats, <laughs> and um, this next song. What? Is no, huge. I remember listening. Like, I'm not just whatever the saying is, blowing blowing smoke or whatever. But <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was I was driving back from. I, I do a lot of road trips, and I was driving back from a done show in Adelaide. And I remember, like, oh, this is really cool, you know? Yeah, something. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I was just super awkward. I got death threats all week. Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> and I think as well, like, you know. Um, I understand there's a lot of people whose like world is, you know, operates in the mornings. You know, you've got your tradies, you've got people commuting, mm. all that sort of stuff. And a big part of their mornings and what starts their day is listening to things that like that. That makes me so <laughs> angry to hear that though because it's just like, man. Uh, it's that thing we were talking about earlier where it's like not everything is meant to be 
for a particular person. Yeah. It's like people doing death threats, like, fuck, man, it's not, not everything's for you, you know? Like, switch it over to Triple M if you're not, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't, oh, that makes me angry. But yeah, so I'm sad to hear you didn't have a good time, but I enjoyed it. And, Thank you. Um, yeah. But I think I would have had a better time if I could have maybe bounced off someone. But yeah. But it's just you in there, you know, like, most like morning hosts will bounce off each other and have mm. jokes and then you've got like you know a rapport going and everything but it's just so hard when you're like you know literal radio silence where yeah. you're just like telling a joke to no one or it's it's hard to gauge that sort of yeah. thing and um yeah just would you after ever all those, like, like after yeah. all those messages and everything it's so funny do you know struthless the uh, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so i met him that week actually when i was staying at a hotel in the city and i was telling him about my experience and how much i hated it and um I was grateful for the experience, but I think, and again, so many lovely people that were super supportive, but it's just the people that go out of their way to make you feel oh, terrible yeah, yeah. about something. And then as I was sitting at Struthers' place, he's like, do you want a tattoo? I've got my, my gear here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, can I see some flash? And he had a give way sign that Ben instead of saying give way, it says give up. <laughs> and I was, then someone had literally texted me that morning saying give up, oh, waste of space or something. And I was like, that's actually pretty funny. And then mm-hmm. I got that tattooed and went in the next morning and, like showed everyone in the office and I was just like, sometimes you just got to make light of everything. And like, every time I look at that, I don't <laughs> feel bad. Yeah. I just look at that and go like, oh, that's a pretty funny yeah. memory from that week on radio. Well, you know, I'm sorry to bring out sad memory, but um, is there anything out of that? Like maybe, cause one of the good things, like I'm doing this pod, right? So one of the great things these days is, is we can bypass things like radio and that basically what I'm trying to ask, would you taking out the shit parts of it? Like, mm. Was there any part you took out like oh, you yeah. enjoy so, having? Yeah, yeah. So many positive things, but like we just said, you know, it's, it's a thousand lovely people and one dickhead. Yeah, it's that yeah. sort of thing as well that, you know, it takes a lot of like um, mental strength to kind of override. But there was so many great people that I got messages from. I got to interview most of my mates. Like I think I got to call up like Junies and Skeggs and um, like Cram from Spider Bay. Yeah, like sure. a lot of my mates that I got to talk to um, about um, mental health and being a touring musician and maybe that's something that you know listeners hadn't really heard in in length on yeah. radio before as a, as a host or something and got to do all of that got to make so many new friends and it was it was such a great experience and you know being able to talk about all of those things yeah. was really cool and I remember me and Cram had a really big chat about mental health and touring and you know he's got a wealth of knowledge and then i got to do yeah, the interview awesome. with um dr carl as well and instead of asking him science questions i just asked him about his life and you know he was <laughs> telling me about when he met his wife and just about like I, you know, I said to him i was like you know have do you feel like you've done well as a dad like we were, we, yeah. were, we were diving deep and getting to do that i thought was cool and interesting and again if it wasn't everyone's cup of tea it wasn't everyone's cup of yeah. tea but it was still there oh, was well, just so really, many good parts of yeah it. well i'm really glad to hear that because i was worried where you're like no nah, i was just, i thought you were just gonna say no nah, it was all horrible but no i just i'm glad to hear there was positive things out of it and um which leads me to ask the next thing of like um obviously things have gone quite well which is awesome um do you have moments along the way like that are like i call them like pinch me moment where it's like oh i can't Either it's like a, a massive stage you're on or a place maybe like mm. internationally or any, anything like that where you're like, I guess, I guess the radio could have been one of those where it's like I never would have thought I'd be doing this or yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, there's so many like little like little things along the way that are, are such a monumental thing at the time and then you still look back on fondly but I think for me a really big one I always come back to was the first show I played with the boys um, when they joined the band. 
And um, we played at Festival Hall in Melbourne supporting San Francisco and Ballpark Music. And I made a few mistakes. Um, we told a few bad jokes and I thought that they were going to be really upset at me about it <laughs> or that it was going to be unprofessional or something. And then we got off stage and they like the three boys just like lifted me up and they're like, you're a rock star, Rips. And <laughs> I just hadn't really felt that sort of appreciation. And I think previous to that, I felt like yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing it for. I knew that I had these songs and I wanted to sing them for people, but it, at what cost sort of thing. Like I was this 18 year old that got like, you know, free booze and drugs shoved <laughs> in her face and everything. And like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and complain about that. Cause the, yeah. I, I think I, in one of my songs, I literally wrote the line, the spoon wasn't silver, just really shiny. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to complain about anything like that, but, I think I just hadn't found my home. Yeah. And when you're going on tour and you're playing songs for people that don't really know you or anything, and that was quite lonely for me. And just not really finding my purpose within it yet or knowing what the, mean- yeah. the, the good meaning of doing touring and doing yeah. music was. And then for them to all just be around me and hold me up and tell me that, I just remember bawling my eyes out. And I was just like, yeah, I'm so awesome. grateful for you guys. And for me, that was a pinch me moment. <laughs> and then... You know, anytime we did something new, we played Laneway, we played Splendor. That Splendor was a huge one. Yeah. And we got to play a song for our friend that passed away. And um, it was actually like at his funeral, I realized that I wanted the boys to play in the band with me because I'd written yeah. a song about Connie. And I said to them, I was like, oh, it's Pat on drums, Taz bass, Adam guitar. I was like, oh, wow. And I asked each of them if they'd join the band and play on the song. And, yeah. um, you know, well, with like those that, festivals like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, both what i was going to say is you have your own headline show which is awesome because it's like everyone here is here because they like me which Mm. is a great feeling but there must also be there's an element of festivals where you're like all right there's a big chunk of people here aren't into me me, but they're there they're not they haven't left like maybe they're maybe they're forced to be because maybe they're waiting for but also maybe they'll hear something they like maybe they're waiting for tame impala or whatever (laughs) but it's like yeah and and do you ever think, I know it's very, this is very business talk or whatever, but like thinking of the percentages, right? Where mm. if it's like, okay, like I've been a Splendour a few times. Like you, you were talking about the main stage, were you? Or? No, we still haven't gone main stage. Oh. It was, um, we've both times we've played, it's been the GW McLennan, the yeah. one next to main Oh, yeah, well, that's, still, that's awesome. Like, yeah, massive tent. And, um, but yeah, that when I talk about percent, I'm like, all right, if if let's say two or three percent doesn't sound much but of people for the see me here for the first time enjoy it go and check me out that's like that's you know it's a bit of business chat but it's yeah. like th- that stuff's great you know it's like finding new people what i'm i'm just trying to say is it's awesome to have your own fans but also winning people over i get new yeah, yeah. and i think um that was well it was actually a big one um that's the first splendor we played because that was a few weeks after i did the radio stint yeah so I actually think a lot of people were like curious to see who it was that was talking yeah. on the radio or whatever and like, you know, what they actually are, what, what they actually is their day yeah. job, not doing radio. And um, yeah, we got to sing that song about our friend that passed away and all these people were singing along with us. I think there was like over 17,000 people rocked up for it in the end. And yeah. It was the like biggest show we've probably still ever played and it was just one of those moments where we all looked at each other and started crying again and we were yeah. all just like we you know and that's that we made mistakes we told jokes we told bad jokes we hugged each other we cried like it was just mm. an imperfect set but it was i think but we've people, always, aren't, like, people aren't thinking that too yeah, but i think we've always prided ourselves on just I, you know i call it unprofessionalism but <laughs> i just like to think of it as being quite real it's not going to yeah. sound like spotify no but no. it is 
going to be a performance. We don't want to see robots, mate. We want to see humans. <laughs> Speaking of, have you seen that new AI robot band? No. I don't know what they're called. It's, you Not like Google Daft it. Punk? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, they fully have made these like robots that play drums oh, wow. and like full double kick and then a robot that plays bass I hope there's no robot comedian on the way. I'm, <laughs> we're going to be out of a job, mate. Surely there is... <laughs> Surely there's already like an AI, <coughs> an AI comedian somewhere. Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. Those. I'm I'm really stoked about um, you having those great experiences. Like, and um, you know, everyone says the like cliches like, oh, we're not in it for this, we're not in it for awards or or this or, but it still must be like, I'm sure you guys like. You know, like hottest one hundred. You're listening in, like hoping you're as high as you can, and yeah. stuff like that's pretty awesome. You know. Yeah, that was that was like uh, honestly, 2019 was just such a euphoric year. We went from like mm. the hottest 100 to Laneway, Splendor. I went to Nepal for a few months. Like it was just yeah. like this big year of doing so much all together and recording, um, recording an EP all together. Like it was just yeah, so much yeah. special stuff came out. Well, I'm year. from Brisbane. I remember when seeing it announced, you're doing QPAC. Yeah, and like oh, I'm like oh hell yeah, that's awesome because that's like. That's a big venue in Brizzy, yeah, yeah. That's the theatre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I just wanted to do something a bit different. And I was, you know, they, but we, I wanted to play piano because there's a piano song on the album. And, um, yeah, me and the boys wanted to play the songs a little bit more orchestrally. It just sounds really wanky. But <laughs> wanted to play them a bit differently, more how they were written when I wrote them in my yeah. room on nah, my own. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. We, we grew up with, like, Metallica Symphony. Yeah. And, and then it was, like... Hilltop Hoods did it, the Aussie yeah. stuff. And so, you know, like, look, it flopped. The idea didn't go too well, oh, but I'm really? so glad that we did it because yeah. we tried it. And, yeah, that's you know, it. No. We all wore suits and we all had a really good time and we put on, like, as much of a good show as we could. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just glad we tried something different. Yeah. And it was... Because um, you can be in your comfort zone or you can try stuff. It was very out of our comfort yeah. zone. But I... Um, oh, yeah, I think we owe... Um, a fluorescent light to the Q-Pack, actually. <laughs> we were playing football in the in the hallway. Well, I it. wasn't, but... I'll sort it out for you. I'm Thanks. up in Brizzy again soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's awesome. Um, yeah, well, like, it's really, um, you know, really great to, to follow the, the Ruby Fields journey. Mm. And uh, hopefully many more to come. I'm not trying to make that sound sad or anything. <laughs> many yeah, it's, many it's more a, chapters to be written. <laughs> But, um, I'll just start writing the memoir now. <laughs> no. Nah, retire. Like, well, that's what, um, you know, you've, we're talking about milestones and stuff. And, like, I was kind of expecting you to say, like, maybe I'm sure it was a high up one, but it was like first album recorded, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, it came out during COVID. So yeah. it was, it's like so anticlimactic. But <laughs> in terms of like personal, you know, like feelings toward it, um, like, I mean, I can say it now, but, um, we had planned to take a boat out on the day the album came out and all spend it <laughs> together. But then um, some dude brought COVID up to the Northern Rivers and we had to cancel it. Aww. So I still had everyone, like my band, over at my house. And um, F you, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering where I stand on, on, <laughs> that, on that disease. I lost about like 50 shows. Yeah. But I'm just going to, this Melbourne Comedy Fest, I'm going to try and do the show that I was supposed to do. Yes. Yeah, it's a, like a... Uh, it's like a rip-off of, like, Letterman, Leno. Like, I'm at a desk. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. So, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> like, Eric Andre. Hopefully, there's of. no more pandemics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just remember after that, we all just got on at my house. We listened to the album, on a, like, on a speaker. And we just partied till the next morning, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And that's how we celebrated it. And we all held each other and we laughed and cried about yeah. it and everything. But 
I mean, we didn't really get to play that until those theatre shows. And then by that point, the album had been out for so long that we were like, oh, we need to start working on new stuff. I don't think we really got to revel in it as yeah, much as we wanted yeah, to because, it, because of COVID. We didn't get to tour it really. We didn't get to do a rock tour of the album. Yeah, because the traditional process is like record, hit the road and yeah. present it to people. Yeah. Damn you, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. Oh, like I guess putting things in perspective, like not that you would have taken anything anything for granted, but that after that, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, like freedom, we're out now, you know, and and really getting into um, have you have you noticed any sort of like, dif- you know, differences in attitude post COVID or um, I just remember one of the first shows we did post COVID. I can't remember where it is, but everyone maybe it was Adelaide. Yeah, I think it was Adelaide. I think it was at the Fat Controller and um. We like everyone was so tightly packed together and packed in, and coming from like all the lockdowns that we oh, had, we yeah. were like, "Whoa, I can't believe everyone's like this." But immediately, yeah, yeah. But immediately, we were like, "Oh, who gives a fuck? We've yeah. done this shit for three years now. Like, I'm so over it. Like, yeah. let's just like have a good time." And I remember us yeah. playing that, and we were like, "This is actually awesome. Like, it was the, it was actually the funnest show ever." Because um, like during COVID, um, we I'm sure you had a few things going on, but a lot of us would we tried to do Zoom shows, but that was so yeah, bad. Yeah. I hated it because, like, p- p- one of the things I love is live. You, you're there in the same room together. Yeah. Particularly for comedy, I'm going to say I, the the reaction is in- instantaneous. I hope I hope to hear laughter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, this, uh, I guess um, yeah, that would. What was music industry doing? A lot of like sort of. They're like they were like live Instagram. Yeah, shows, and there were those like bands playing where everyone's in the. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it was called. <laughs> Co- you know when they like chopped it up together, where they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's in their own place, but yeah, and which at first it was cool, then it like wore live off. aid or something. Yeah, like that, but they yeah. called it that. It was like that COVID aid or whatever it mm. was. Um, and probably um, a lot of like not normal um, shows, like. Um, acoustic sort of shows and discussion panels <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it was um there was heaps of that there was um i think we did one performance sort of like you know when i say performance it was us sitting on a veranda when we were recording the album actually yeah because um, we were reco- actually the day we went to record the album we were in new zealand and we were there for a few days and there was whispers of this covid thing and then um all of a sudden we just got this email and you know there was some tv news on saying like any not like any Australians have to return to Australia. We're about to do lockdowns nationwide, and so we ended up. Um, none of us lived up here at the time, but we ended up getting an Airbnb in Myokum, uh, maybe like twenty minutes from here, and um, we just recorded the album there, and we locked in for like the lockdown wow. and um, did all that together, and that was at the start of COVID, and that's literally they started doing those like little live Instagram shows yeah. straight away, and we did one of them where we played our song Dingo. And it was just me. Dozy was playing banjo. I was playing guitar. I think Patty was playing bongos and Taz was playing harmonica mm. or something. And we were just on this porch with a candle. And yeah. That was it. And I kind of liked the DIY-ness and the realness of that. But at the same time, I th- I almost think that that's where like the demon of content started because yeah. you didn't have shows to play. So musicians yeah. and comedians and everything were forced to start making all these short videos, all this content, everything else. And now it's just... Now, even outside of COVID, it's just that kind of trends continued, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've heard about that where, I mean, in comedy, it's p- content is part of what we do. But yeah. now there's that like expectation on musos where it's, 
you know, record labels like, have you tried getting a viral TikTok video? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, like, what about my actual art that I do? Like, <laughs> and then it's like, it's now kind of almost turned into like, oh, but you know, if you get a song on TikTok, and it's like, okay, sweet. So I'm only writing a 15 second song now. You mm. know, it's stuff like that that can start. I, mean, I don't mean to sound jaded or anything. No, I'm sure no, there's, I get you know, it. There's totally. people that love, especially if you grew up, like, and what you, what do you call it? I was gonna say. What you put on uh, a pedestal yeah. is like, oh man, I don't know, maybe this is showing my age as a 90s kid, but it was like bands wanted to have that okay computer radio head out, like the full album that's really yeah. respected. And when that changes where people like want that 15 second grab, it's like, you you know what I mean? You want it to be known as this band who can do the full yeah, album. the full right? thing. And I think that... Um, that's been a big one for me where I'm just, I mean, I don't want to show everyone mm. what color my shit was this morning. It's just yeah. like, I, I want to show, like, you know, I, yeah. I do like talking about like guitars and Lego. Yeah. And, and you've got like, a good sense of humor. And like, like I said, a lot of the musos I like and, and my mates who are musos as well, like good sense of humor and stuff. But you still want to be known for your main thing, like yeah. your main craft. I don't want to be stressing about making content. That's yeah, a, That's yeah. a thing that like so many artists and mates of mine are like, Oh, I'm so anxious. I've got to film like three TikToks today. I'm like, but why? Yeah, like, yeah. It sucks if that it just it's like a... Let it come naturally. Yeah, it's yeah. like a bit of a prerequisite now, <laughs> which is... um. Yeah, It'd be like me having to come up with an album. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've only known one riff. <laughs> um, well, like, you know, and again, I don't want to be too deep of a question, but you know, earlier on I said about um, like the place shaping you as a person. Do you also think doing your album in COVID, did that make it different to what it would have been? I know that's a pretty deep question. Or well, it was recorded in a different studio than it was meant to be. So I don't know. Maybe it's just to, you know, areas it would have been different. Yeah. But um, I think I personally don't really think it got too cabin fevery. I mm. mean, you'd have to ask the boys, but I just thought there was something – and we do it every time I've, anyway. I've heard about bands – not all of them, but a lot of them wanting it to be like rural place. So there's no just dis- yeah, so you can't no go back home and mates we, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's why we wanted. Um, we, we were going to record it in Waiuku in New Zealand, and we were like, sweet, because yeah. we were out in like but fuck nowhere. When we, <laughs> we were a bit worried about up here because we we're like, oh, we got some mates up Byron Way and whatever, mm. and then we ended up being in lockdown, so we couldn't see anyone, couldn't leave the house or anything. Yeah. So we were getting groceries delivered and whatever else, and <laughs> the whole time we were just cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner for each other. And, <laughs> you know, just swapping books, watching movies, playing games, yeah. recording, and it was just the most special time. Yeah. It's, it's such a, you know, obviously you get sick of talking about it, but it is an interesting time for, it hopefully won't happen again in our lives and it mm. hadn't happened before. And talking to people about like, you know, most of us, it was a nightmare, but then there's a few people were like, oh, I did quite well out of it all. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, my like my bong career went pretty good in COVID. <laughs> um, I don't I don't smoke anymore, but I that was a big phase. You know, like and this yeah. might sound like the most privileged thing ever, and maybe really out of touch, but it was almost nice to just not feel guilty about you know doing shit like that and mm. like sitting around watching movies all day. Yeah, and that's a very very like basic privilege response to it that we were capable of doing that. And like trust me, like we're stressed about paying rent because mm. you're not making any money. Yeah, yeah, and all those things came into it. But to you know. Like, yeah. you had no real option but to, like, sit and watch Netflix and yeah. stuff and play video games and whatever. Yeah, and that's, like, I lived with my band and I was so lucky to be in that position. Yeah, I think case by case, person to person, but... 
I for think someone we, I like think, me yeah. who likes to be out and about mm. and it made me like that's why I had bad mental health because it may force me to be like, who am I? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just this idiot who does stupid pics and like. And now I'm over it, but I was really bad for my mental health. Like, I I totally agree. I reckon um, it can compl- like I'm not gonna say completely humbled me because I don't know if anyone's completely humble, but it definitely was like a knock to the ego to come out of high school where I was I was playing live shows from when I was about 16 yeah and my identifier felt like being on stage and telling jokes and writing songs and yeah, yeah and so yeah. I didn't really know who I was outside of that and as soon as COVID hit I was like who who am I as a person beyond what I do on a stage and it yeah. really forced me to start thinking about what kind of friend and daughter and mm. sister and um, girlfriend or whatever that I was and really forced me to figure out who I was, the things I liked, the person I wanted to be, <laughs> what I what I saw for myself in the future. Yeah. So it was definitely wow. a lot of that. Is it this this damn virus had all these like, um, <laughs> side <laughs> effects? <laughs> like not only did it make you like cough and whatever, <laughs> it also made you like it's dissect ego. everything in your life. Yeah, ego death. It definitely shook things up. But anyway, enough COVID talk. <laughs> um, oh, Ruby, it's been awesome following your journey do you we got to the last point of this this pod Mm. uh i like to give the guests a bit of homework um did you pick come up with a wikipedia page for us to look at i'm not gonna lie at first i was gonna say um i was gonna say lego because it was just like what i was looking at in my room and then (laughs) (laughs) um that's all right (laughs) and then i ended up oh is that what you meant by that I, I, i don't like to sort of yeah, uh, I talk about uh, the pre-show messaging, but if you don't mind me saying, I was, you said I didn't realize the, that message you sent. You were talking about the I was Wikipedia about the topics, yeah. Because I was asking you about the trying to find your place, and then you said in between dairy farmers and oh no, I'm like, I'm like is that a shop or <laughs> no? Oh my god! So I was talking to my band about the things that I, I was like, oh, what kind of Wikipedia should I look up? And um, we ended up. Uh, thinking that Farmers Union iced coffee was going to be the best. Yeah. And Sorry, um, just doing a quick little video. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I forget what was interesting about this originally, but we I think we thought that it was out, like it outsold Coke or something. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. um, in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it's one of the. It's I don't know the. Yeah, we'll, we'll look it up anyway. But, but um, I I couldn't find any information on it, so yeah. I because it, it is a. It's a very Adelaide. Um, like when I think of Adelaide, I think of, I think of a lot of things. But one of the things is dairy farmers' milk. But so that yeah, that's a fact. People often say is the. Um, I think it's highest. No, it's the only place. One of the few places in the world that where a drink outsells Coke yeah. is Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. So but the other, the other thing I've Adelaide. seen is I was this was years ago, so I don't know if they still have it, but McDonald's had it. So it's like you know, yeah. most, most McDonald's you go to, it's like Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, right? Mm. And then one of the options, and then obviously coffees and milkshake. But yeah, but the, the, the Adelaide Union. McDonald's had Farmers Union. Yeah. Well, so so we're gonna go with this for our page. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All what right. we're going with. So, I was going to say as well, you know, I, I don't know if you know Amel and the Sniffers that well, but Gus from Amel and the Sniffers has that milk review page. I've, I've, heard, I've, I've heard of this. I've, I've been trying to get into it, yeah. Because that's why I was like, I don't know if this is too on the nose for you <laughs> being flavoured milk in a way. No, no, this is right up my alley. Um, all right, I've got the page going now. So, Farmers Union Iced Coffee. 
The the only thing I'll say, um, the only thing like a lot of people talk about it, but no one really mentions that it's reduced fat. Now I'm not like, oh, is it? Yeah, and I'm not like this huge anti like diet or reduced fat, but I do find any most things you lose a bit of taste, right? 100%. Like obviously, and I've never been one to like. I probably should for my health or whatever, but I've never been one to like Coke Zero or mm. diet. I just, I'm just like, if you're going to go, I, know, I get it. It's like you want to have soft drink, but also not the health effect. But I'm like, yeah. well, you just go water or juice or something. Like, or you know, soda water Yeah, because I'm like, you either go right in or not. But, yeah. But anyway, that's my. No, I But agree. yeah, that's I, something. So I don't hear many people raise that for um, Farmers Union. But I didn't actually know that. Yeah, because that's. Yeah, well, it's actually um, see at the bottom of the reduce fat iced coffee. Yeah, so it's it. like, and I don't. That, that's the thing. Like they don't push it much, but I don't know if it's like pushed as a um, a diet drink or anything. Mm. Okay, so launch first launched in 1977 when Farmers Union was a cooperative of a South. So it's kind of a cooperative. Mean I guess instead of like a company, right? Where it's just like a group of farmers or something? Oh, that's about <coughs> my pay grade. I'm oh, not sorry. Sure. I got the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> I had the hiccups before, actually. <laughs> um, the brand has achieved iconic status in South Australia and is now available in all. But yeah, you, you do see it every now and then, but it isn't that big outside of SA. Yeah, I um, honestly haven't seen too much of it, but I just thought that fact was interesting about it. <laughs> I like how it says, it's as branded as... And it's got in the, what do you call those? Um, quotation quotation mark. marks. Ice coffee. That's like it doesn't believe it. It's like yeah. you're not really branded as ice <laughs> coffee, but it's not really. But the whole ice coffee world is, is quite interesting because it. I don't know if all around the world it gets marketed like it does in Australia, but in Australia it's that like very masculine drink. You know yeah. they have ads like because in Brizzy, um, I think Ice Break was the big brand. Yeah. Um, but I remember ads of like. When I was a kid, you don't see it as much now. It was like almost like the solo ones. It'd be like yeah. a guy jumping from a truck. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but then it, it's like iced coffee, the manly drink. It's coffee with lots of sugar and it's cold. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's not really Still that aggressive. masculine about it. Like, yeah. it's like lots of sugar. So it's very sweet. Yeah. It's cold. So it's not like normal coffee, you know. <laughs> I was going to ask before as well um, you know, those little uh, stubby coolers that you have for the. Um, for chalky milks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are they actually like squarish in shape? Yeah, yeah. I've got one in the car. I'll show oh, you. Oh, no way. That's um, so sick. It's like, yeah, and I'm still trying to sell them. I've got like a whole box if anyone's listening and keep it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like there's – it's one of those things I've had a few merch like this where it's like you announce it and it's like people have a laugh because it's a bit weird. But then you've got to say, no, like it's legit. Like you can get – It's like, an actual thing yeah, you, that yeah, you can buy. Yeah, because it's like they think you're just joking. But – um. And also, it's like, it's that, I know it's that thing is like people worry if it's very, like how many chalk milks are they having, but yeah. you can put like a stubby or a can in it. It's just a little <laughs> bit um, baggy. Squarish, yeah. Yeah, and baggy. So, yeah. it's like, I wouldn't recommend like those skinny like Corona stubbies, but yeah. if, you, if you've got like a fat VB, it fits well, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, I'll have to show you it. <laughs> yeah, I'm keen. Yeah, but... Um, um, the... The fact that – oh, this – okay, so this fact killed me. Responding to demand, the drink holders of the locally made third-generation Mitsubishi Magna <laughs> and first-generation of the Holden Cruise were designed to hold both normal round drinks and Farmer Union <laughs> iced coffee cartons. That's quite funny, yeah. Oh, anytime – because um, 
Like, I, I don't know heaps about cars, but I do know for factories and stuff, you, you've got to set up the machinery, obviously, because yeah. thousands of cars are made. So, that's quite interesting. They'd have to, like, change They made a square cup holder yeah, yeah. just so you could have your dear, uh, your um, <laughs> Farmer Union iced coffee. That's so funny. Many other companies have joined in competition throughout Australia with a multitude of recipes, packaging. Were they, so, the, were they the first or something? Well, that's what like, I'm wondering, that sentence. Do they mean just rival iced coffees or people are trying to sort of like replicate farmers in yeah it's so funny as well down to commercials um just exactly what you were just saying farmers union iced coffee in australia also enjoys a high profile for popular commercials <laughs> featuring rough male workers acting out ballet with heavy machinery in order to take up their boss on his word that he would provide them with a truckload of iced coffee if all his huh. workers took up ballet it's like that again it's like that yeah. tough guy jumping out of a truck heavy yeah, machinery exactly. but then ballet because it's and sweet they're very those like the branding of those things are like, get it into you. Sort of. Yeah. I always, again, I know I'm covering the same sort of territory, but what I said before about how I find it funny, how masculine they market it. The same thing with like Solo, when it was like, this is low on fizz, so you can slam it down far. You know what I mean? Like yeah. their big selling point is, we don't have much fizz. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. Um, This one's funny. It says, so one of the ads was known as When the Wall Came Down. Mm depicts two men demolishing a wall as part of a DIY project. This relates to when the Berlin Wall was demolished. What, every, a, what a link, hey? Every like, ad, it seems, though, is a connection to, like, some big historical yeah. monumental time. Because you got like, the Apollo disaster. Yeah, the Apollo disaster, um, when bras were burnt for female <laughs> liberation. When chisel broke up. <laughs> when called chisel broke up. Oh That's God. so funny. Shows a construction site with a devastated builder holding two pieces of a broken chisel. That's like such a funny like yeah. visual gag. Oh my god, the children overboard! That's such a like a grim thing to make fun of. That's so bad. Live through the millennium bug and Trevor's underarm. Oh. Strongly so opposed the boot. Is this like um? I wonder if a comedian was involved in this. This is like sort of like low level open mic ideas yeah, it's, that, that's so funny like it's so literal these mm. metaphors like strongly oppose the bush invasion shows a man cutting yeah. his neighbors overhanging bushes relate to the opposition of george bush when, I, the invasion when I, him I think to my Rock. first ever set and i was like some really cringy gags one of the things i was like talked about was um like i wonder if they have a comedian because you know um for like road safety campaigns and that they'll have like a slogan, you know, it'd be like mm. every KO is a killer or Yeah. And it wasn't even a good guy, but I was like, Oh, talking about I wonder if they have like a comedian creating these or something, you know. Hey. It was my first set. <laughs> I, I've come a long way since. <laughs> no, but um and finally the last chapter, uh new flavours. Do you wanna yeah, go through that? That's what I was I was just looking at before. Wow, I didn't even know that. Str- <laughs> so one of the flavours is strong. Strong iced coffee. <laughs> I love that with coffee. It's just like, you know, like with Dare, they've got like double espresso, then like triple. And then there's one now, it's like intense. Yeah. It's, it's like four hits. Or so. No, what do they call it? Shot. Or just four like shots, yeah. double caramel yeah. iced oat latte shot <laughs> with heaps of sugar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just like, I know as time goes on, they're just adding and adding. According to the company, both the original variety and the light flavors contain approximately 18 milligram of caffeine. Yeah, that's too... Uh, like industry talk. <laughs> yeah. The light iced coffee proved to be rather unpopular as many consumers did not like the slightly weaker taste and instead chose the original. Like you were saying, but, reduced um, fat and everything. It's yeah, just well, not as tasty. Have you ever heard 
there's various conspiracies about theory, conspiracy theories. One of them for Coke, right? Because Coke is this kind of like, you know, obviously it's a big company, been around for a long time. And every now and then they bring out like cherry cola or something. Yeah. But the conspiracy theory was that they bring out it and they know you're not going to like it and then they can go, welcome back to it. You know, you can always come yeah, back to the original and the classic. Co- yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of good. You know what that reminds me of? I'm pretty sure it was like, it's not really that similar, but I'm pretty sure Nick Cave (laughs) or something, he used to like show the band some really shit songs. And then, but then with the intention of wanting like, you know, he'd he'd do the last one, but it was the one he actually wanted on the album. So they were forced to finally say yes. So then he'd find like they or they would think the other ones were so fucking bad that then he'd put forward the one he actually wanted from the album. They'd be like, yeah, 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 we'll go with that one. Yeah, so that's, that's how he used to kind of. That's like, quite interesting. Yeah, use like I don't know if that's rever- that's not well, reverse psychology. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but yeah, it's 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 you'd have to talk to the psychologist, but there's yeah. probably some name for that. Yeah, I mean, like it's not the exact thing, but for me, being into some punk bands like No Effects and stuff, and I remember like some of the like B sides and stuff are like really well written. And it was almost that, as a punk, they've got to shun well-written things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the really well, well-written stuff. It's too obvious or <laughs> I've something. Got to, I've you got know, to be too chords. It can't be. Yeah. I remember. Actually yeah. Like quite talented. Yeah. I remember. Um, I think it was Steven Spielberg got offered to direct Harry Potter, but he thought it would be too easy, so he <laughs> passed it up because he was like, "Oh, that's going to be a hit oh, either way." Stuffed it up, Steve-o. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's got he's got enough on his resume. That yeah. He wouldn't be that. But he thought he thought it was going to be so good anyway that he's like, yeah. that's too easy for me. I need well, a challenge. Well, history's had a lot of like, isn't like does someone said no to Elvis or someone oh, yeah. bailed on the Beatles or whatever. One man's trash, another man's treasure. <laughs> Again, not everyone's peaches. <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for coming on, Ruby. Um, anything to plug? I'm sure you like don't need my pod, but we always ask <laughs> all the guests. So like. um, fuck. Um, haven't been up to too much lately, to be honest. I think we're going to be yeah. recording. Maybe you want to say sorry to QPAC about their light. Yeah, <laughs> sorry QPAC about nah. the fluorescent light. Um, and I'm sure the glass and football you found in a bin nearby. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, <laughs> if, if uh, anyone, I'm sure they had a great time with the, the piano shows, but like, would you like to say to them, Give you another chance or something. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry if that was super boring for you guys. <laughs> no, and no. Um, come come to a real rock show one time yeah, soon. Yeah. But um, yeah, thanks so much for for having me. It was no, um, it was awesome. Uh, sick to it sounds a bit cheesy, out. but I look forward to following the journey. And you know, maybe God, we can yeah. come back on in five years and do the last five years wrap up and like <laughs> with sure. with less uh, cheesy following the journey parts. But um, but no, thanks so much, uh, Ruby. Appreciate it. You've always been lovely to me, and yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> um, good luck tonight in, uh, in Lismore. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Coxie's having a yarn, cause he's got nothing better to do. Coxie's having a yarn, and one day he might have one with you.